Bill Scott, what you drinking today? I'm drinking Propel. Hmm. Yeah. It's like a sports drink, right? Yeah, it's a Kiwi Strawberry Propel. Hmm. Are you a coffee guy? I am a coffee guy, but I try to limit myself to, uh, you know, maybe a cup or two in the morning. Um, sometimes in the wintertime, I will have a, a cup after dinner, Ooh. you know, to kind of, kind of warm me up a little bit, but I try not to go, you know, I, th- that's enough cap. One thing I have done is I've totally cut out soda. So, and you know, that's one of the things that I've done. And, and so whatever caffeine I get is strictly from coffee. Yeah. I cut out. So, well, I'm lying. I, I did cut out soda for a while, but I'll tell you what, that Mountain Dew speaks to me, especially when I go to a Badger event and Mountain Dew is available there at the Kohl Center or at the UW Fieldhouse. And I just put a little coffee or coffee cup or soda cup in there. That dew gets me every time. Soda's soda's so addicting. And then pretty soon you find yourself, uh, you know, eight glasses later, you know, <laughs> just keep drinking it. <laughs> yeah. You just keep on, keep on drinking it. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're a, a, a coffee guy. I, I uh, was out of commission in December this past month for a couple of weeks. You can take a guess as to why. And I didn't have, obviously I didn't have any coffee and it was weird because I didn't miss the coffee one bit, Bill. I didn't like, I was, I was just like, I guess I could probably not do coffee anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I probably could cut coffee too. And, you know, my doctor says, uh, you know, within just be reasonable, do it within reason. So, you know, if I had a, if, if I had, instead of three cups a day, if I had two cups a day, one in the morning, one at night, probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't drink coffee all day. Like people, some people do at the office, you know, they, uh, the, the company throws the coffee out there. So they binge drink and I'm not that person. So I, I, I think I manage it pretty yeah. easy. It got bad at the old job at iHeart because at toward the end there, we had a coffee machine that was all fancy you can make mochas and lattes and cappuccinos. And that thing was dangerous because it was so easy just to get coffee. You mentioned real quick, you mentioned coffee at night as well. Um, um, one of my favorite coffees to have. So we're going to talk about the Packers in just a second. One of my favorite coffees to have is the post like banquet coffee with the dessert. You know, if you're at some sort of event yeah. with the dinner yeah. and they have. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. It's like it's like perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. How did that, how did that, that's oh, that and don't like, I, you know, you hear about cops with donuts and coffee. I had like a donut with coffee for oh, the first time in forever. Like a few years ago, I was like, oh, I totally understand the donut coffee thing. It's delicious. Yeah. I haven't had a donut in probably two years. Ooh, honest to goodness. Luke used to I mean, bring fritters every Friday to this show. <laughs> that's, that's almost criminal. Um, but I uh, had to make some lifestyle changes and yeah. Dropped about 60 pounds. And so that's just one of the things that would be too easy to get pointed back the other way. So that's awesome. 60 that. pounds. That's congratulations. That's, that's yeah. no small, yeah. small feat. That's awesome. That's a pretty, uh, pretty sizable difference. So yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm, uh, I'm back in the normal guy, uh, extra large, almost in a large, depending on how clothes fit. Oh, so wow. that I, I, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't been in a large, extra large since I was probably a freshman in high school. Wow. How long did it take you to lose the 60 pounds? If you don't mind me asking, um, probably close to a year, you know, okay. I mean, it's, it's just a total eating lifestyle change. It's basically a, a low carb. I have, I have type two diabetes. So, um, at, at this point I don't 
I, I was on insulin and taking medication and I'm off all of that stuff now, Oh, which is huge. You know, yeah. it, it's absolutely huge. So I, you know, the doc took me off all the medications and my numbers are great and all that kind of stuff. So it, uh, you know, basically going to a low carb diet. Now it's, it's boring as hell. You know, I, I mean, there's a, but you know, you also, um, you know, within reason you treat yourself once in a while, you know, you don't go hog wild, but, um, I'm not one of those people that's going to go out to eat and then worry about going to a place that uh, has a menu that's going to be able to work for me. It's like, if I go someplace and it's a special time or you're just out with some friends or whatever, I'll make the best choice I, I can or close to it. But, um, doesn't mean I'm not going to treat myself once in a while. True. Yeah. I think that's really important too, just to make the best choice. Cause we're not always in a situation where we get to control what we consume. So you just kind of look at the menu and you say, well, this seems like the best choice. You know, you're informed of what you should be eating and you just kind of go from there. Love it. Yeah. Bill Scott. Yeah. Thank, well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so uh, you, let's start with the green Bay Packers because I've been wanting to talk about the Packers for a couple of weeks now, and now they've got that playoff by um, which is very, very important in this year's playoffs. I actually wanted to start with kind of what is in the talk radio world, an old story by now, but in the podcast world, I'm finally getting around to it. Um, the, the hub arkish Aaron Rodgers back and forth. I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of where you came down on that whole drama that unfolded last week with hub arkish uh, Chicago reporter saying that he, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a jerk that he won't vote for him for MVP. Then Rodgers coming back on a press conference and calling hub Arkish a bum. Um, it was very drama filled last week. Where'd you come down on that? Well, uh, look, hub is entitled to his opinion and he wasn't entirely wrong um, on a number of those arguments. That being said, when you're talking about uh, one of 50 people that holds a vote for the MVP, um, you just got to keep your mouth shut. If you feel like that and you, and you don't want to vote for the guy, then don't vote for him. But nobody else is out there beating their chest talking about who they're going to vote for and who they're not going to vote for and why. So, um, you know, Hub was, uh, Hub was out of bounds on this one. And he obviously realized it with the backlash that he not only got from, from Green Bay, but league-wide. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he quickly backpedaled and apologized. But, you know, once the cat's out of the bag, it's kind of too late. Um, I don't think he was uh, entirely wrong on some of his comments, but um, it really doesn't belong in a uh, in an MVP decision. I I, I truly believe in. And if it's in, and if the fifty voters don't have something that says you vote for this guy based on his performance on the field, then they should have. Mm -hmm. Hub claims there there's there's no true definition of what you need to vote for. And, and that's why he was voting the way he did, or, or you know, the fact that he wasn't going to vote for him. Um, this is an on-field award. And if you're one of 50 voters, if you don't know that, um, you probably shouldn't be voting. Uh, and, and, you know, is Rogers the MVP? Probably, probably deserves another, his, his fourth MVP award. But um, now I did think that the, the comeback um, and, and of course, Rogers has really stepped out uh, and, and been very vocal throughout the course of the year, uh, starting from his uh, holdout during the offseason and, uh, and, and finally coming back uh, in, into training camp and, and all the reasons why and all the things going on in his life. And mm -hmm. so it shouldn't surprise you that, uh, that he went after Hub Arkush after, after Hub went after him. Uh, I did think that Rogers looked pretty petty too. It's like, 
you know what, you're going to, you're going to blast a guy for doing what he did. And then you're going to turn around and do the same thing. <laughs> and, and you know what, and if you, and if you don't know who Hub Arkush is, I, I realize that um, pro football weekly isn't what it used to be back in the day, but it's still a recognizable uh, periodical. And, uh, and, and the fact that he's one of 50 voters, if you don't know who he is, I, I mean, I, I can't believe Rogers as smart as he is that he didn't know who Hub Arkush was. Uh, you know, again, Rogers could have just said, you know, I'm sorry, feels that way. And, and whatever. I mean, he could have just taken the high road and mm-hmm. he didn't do that. I thought he looked childish, you know, bouncing right back. Now he didn't look as bad as hub looked, but he could have handled that a little bit differently too. Yeah. I want to ask a little bit more about what exactly hub said that you agreed with or thought that maybe he was on the right track, but I'm glad you brought up what Rogers said, because I thought when I saw the Rogers comments, first thing was like, Ooh, we got some, we got some back and forth drama here. You know, I started thinking my talk radio brain, but then I thought, so he calls you a jerk and then you call him a bum. And then you say, you don't know me, but then you say, you don't know him, but you called him a bum, but he doesn't know you. And he called you a jerk. You know, it just the logic kind of went in a circle. It didn't make sense to me that you're going to call somebody a name that you don't know. You don't even know who he is Yeah, because you're mad that he called you a name and that he doesn't know you. You're doing like you just said, Bill. He was doing the exact same thing. He was calling somebody a name of somebody he doesn't know. No question. Yeah. No question. <laughs> so I thought that was weird. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and as far as the, you know, what I, what I agree with and what I don't agree with, um, I, I don't think that uh, whether you're vaccinated or not should have anything to do with an MVP award. Um, and, and so I think Hub was way out of bounds there, uh, regardless of what your belief on vaccinations is or isn't. I'm vaccinated and I'm boosted and I believe in it, but that I'm not going to chastise somebody because they're not or decide not to. I, I think Roger's argument is, is full of hot air on that issue. How, however, he's entitled to his opinion and he doesn't have to get vaxxed if he doesn't want to. Um, so, so I'm on board with Rogers on that part of it. Um, I do think that, um, Rogers talks a good game and he talks about teammates doing the right thing and all that kind of stuff and, and building towards a super bowl. And, and, uh, as it turned out, you know, his team is the number one seed in the NFC and, and none of that really has come back to bite him at all, at least not to this point. But I, I, I do think he left his, his guys out there hanging. Um, he, he held the organization hostage for an entire offseason. Um, he, he was even questionable early in the training camp. Um, and, and he just, uh, I, I thought he was, for a player that's under contract, was selfish. And um, he left his teammates uh, going through all of the, the work during the off season, during the mini camps, during the OTAs and all that kind of stuff. And he was off in Hawaii playing with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I think hub was right on the money on that. I felt that all along and I'll tell anybody that and I'll tell Rogers to his face that it, it, you know, it's like, I mean, come on. Um, but he is the best football player on the planet and uh, <laughs> well, certainly the best quarterback on the planet. And, uh, and, and, you know, everything has worked out for him in spite of everything that he's done in the off season. Um, and now the million dollar question is, is, is that going to bring him back to green Bay after the year he's had and, and redo a contract and do the Packers are, you know, and are the Packers, do they really want him back? Or are they just saying that, um, you know, how's all this going to work out? And, 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 and let's face it, Rogers is, uh, you know, he, he, kind of is leading on well every time somebody asks him he kind of avoids the issue 
-hmm. He doesn't come right out and say, Hey, yeah, I want to come back to green Bay and, and all this kind of stuff. He did want to at one point, but he's not saying that right now. He's kind of staying right in the middle of the road and, and, and leaving us waiting again or hanging again. Um, but I, I look at his, I look at his family issue. You know, he basically has uh, taken his parents and, and brothers and, you know, his family are, are out of the picture. Now, if you can do that, if you can basically sell your family down the road and for whatever the issues are, why it's that way, I'm not sure. But if you can do that, then um, you can put on a happy face while you're playing um, because you want to win the Super Bowl and you want your teammates to be all on on board. But um, for all the people that think he's definitely coming back, I think it's a 50-50 split right down the road. I don't think anybody knows. Um, I, I, I don't think that it's a guarantee that he's coming back, and I don't think it's a guarantee that he's not. Um, I just don't know how anybody could read this situation and say definitely that, in, that, that even with a 13-4 and four regular season, that he's definitely coming back. Because I, I, I think he is so calculated in what he does and the way he thinks that he can lead you to believe one thing and, and completely turn the table on you on the other side when, when it's all said and done and, and these decisions have to be made. And there are teams out there that clearly have the draft capital um, to be able to pull off deals to, to get Rogers where he wants to go. So uh, I, I don't, I mean, if you ask me, I'm 50, 50, I can give you several reasons why I think he is going to come back. And I can give you several reasons why I think he's not going to come back. A quick reminder that today's podcast is brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison, Milwaukee, Seattle, and Denver. They're delicious. Go buy someone an Ian's Pizza gift card. If you don't know what Ian's Pizza is, go check them out online, on Twitter, on the internet, on Instagram, Ian's Pizza of Madison, plus JohnCastPodcast.com. I'm going to make cool t-shirts. It's going to be on that website. Soft launch going on right now if you want to check it out. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I don't think anything's definitive. I agree with you there. I just, it feels like the conversation has started to go back in a positive direction. If you're a Packers fan and you want to see Aaron Rodgers, just by some of the comments he's made about, you know, working with Goody or working with, you know, LeFleur, just working with the team, it seems like that's better. And you add on top of that the success and the stats, and you start to think, well, Green Bay would almost kind of be, would they be kind of foolish not to try it again with Aaron Rodgers or at least, give it their all to try to get him back. And that's not guaranteeing they would get him back, but I do feel it's trending in the right direction for Rogers to come back. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And, but let's face it. If you're a Packers fan, you want him to come back. I mean, he gives you the, the best chance to have repeated success year after year, go back and, and have the chance to win more Super Bowls. Um, I don't think there's any denying that. And, and I think he probably would have to feel that way as well. However, that being said, he can go on and continue to flourish with uh, other teams. Let's take Denver, for example. That would be, the, uh, to me, one of the odds-on favorites uh, to land him. Now, Denver has been stacking draft picks. Uh, they've been uh, you know, dealing guys, and, and, uh, and, and they have enough firepower to be able to send Green Bay what they would be looking for in exchange. Uh, Denver's got a great defense, and, and they're looking for a quarterback. So uh, to me, I mean, that would be a fit that Rodgers could go there, uh, play in a big city. He's closer to California. Um, 
there would be a lot of reasons why Denver would make sense for Aaron Rodgers. So I, I just don't rule anything out. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, we talk about Hub and the MVP voting, uh, one of 50 guys. Uh, so my question, though, is, is Aaron Rodgers the MVP? Now, I, I think I, I would vote for him, but I'm just going to bring up Tom Brady's stats real quick. Both, both players had 13 wins. Brady led the league in completions and attempts. He had led the league in yards, 5,300. He led the league in touchdown passes with 43. He had 12 interceptions. Rodgers, meanwhile, uh, the 13 wins, 68, uh, 68% completion percentage, 4,100 yards, so like 1,000 less yards, 37 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Now, granted, it's, the way, it's not just stats. It's not just like look at the stats mm-hmm. and here's the guy. It's also how you got there. But I, I don't know. Are we dismissing Brady because we live in the state of Wisconsin and obviously it's Rodgers as the MVP? Or how much consideration should a guy like Tom Brady – and I don't want to bring up his age because, to be fair, when Giannis and LeBron were going back and forth and everybody was saying, well, look what LeBron's doing at age 30, whatever he was. I was like, hey, 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 the MVP isn't about who's the oldest player, who's performing the best. It's about the best player. So as much as I want to bring up 44-year-old Tom Brady is doing this, I, I'm not going to. Um, but shouldn't we be considering Brady perhaps maybe a little bit more than we are? Well, I think uh, the rest of the league, the voters around the league probably are. Um, as you said, if you're a Packers fan, you think Rogers should be the MVP. It's, it's a, it's a very clouded judgment when you're in Wisconsin, or if you're a Packers fan, you believe that Rogers has put together the best season out there. Um, you know, six weeks to go in the regular season, Tom Brady was my vote was, was my guy. Um, you know, heck even, uh, um, well, I mean, he, he would have been, he would have been certainly the, the front runner, mm-hmm. um, and then with once the regular season got done, I'm thinking, well, you know what? Rogers has definitely pulled back into the picture here and is at least on equal ground, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, when we talked about um, what with, with Hub Arkush, we talked about the things that, you know, why do you vote? What, what is the vote all about? What are you voting on? Are you voting on field stuff only? Are you voting off field stuff only? Are you voting statistics only? You know, uh, are you voting? Uh, where would this team be without him? Um, all that kind of stuff. Expectations at the start of the season. Green Bay was, you know, one of the one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to to go to the Super Bowl. Certainly, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, would have been there too as as a repeat factor. You know, so there's just so many different things. Um, but I do think though that if you if if you take yourself outside of Wisconsin. Um, I don't think there's everybody out there is saying that Aaron Rodgers is a shoe in to win the MVP and that Tom Brady certainly has to, to get some consideration. Now it's my, if, if I have the vote and, and let me tell you, John, over the years and, and today I, I consider myself one of the most unbiased uh, reporters in the state. I'd agree. I kind of call a spade a spade. I'm not afraid to, uh, to, to uh, take shots at Rodgers if I think he deserves it or anybody else. Um, but I think Rodgers is the MVP. I, as I said earlier on this podcast, that I mean, I think the guy's the best football player on the planet right now, and uh, and and I think that efficiency is a statistic that can't be overlooked. Um, just because Tom Brady has more touchdown passes or more passes attempted, or more yardage, um, I, I think there are other factors that can equal those out. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers having only thrown four interceptions would be at the top of the leaderboard, you know, percentages, what he's done uh, the last six weeks or four weeks or whatever that was when he broke his toe, um, you know, playing injured, that kind of thing. I mean, I think there are a, a lot of different factors and I, and I think that you can point in, in the direction of Aaron Rodgers just as much as you can with, uh, with Tom Brady. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the toe because that's, I'm, I, I'm not going to claim to know a lot in depth knowledge about Tampa Bay and its roster and its injuries and everything like that. But even just injuries within the team that you have to overcome and you still win 13 games and injuries that you yourself are trying to overcome. I think that needs to be factored in when you look at team success and numbers and everything needs to be mushed together and then kind of molded and, and, and molded into the, the way that you see how the season played out. Now you brought up the toe and this is from Rob Domofsky. I think this is from yesterday and the headline reads green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers says toe should be 100% by next week after first round by how does his toe go from, you know, I have to get shots to numb it. Uh, this thing's really bothering me to, Hey, the playoffs are here and I'm good to go. hundred <laughs> percent. What's that? Well, all about? I, well I, I think that, uh, you know, he claims that he hasn't had to use uh, any pain killing injections for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly uh, in the last couple of games that he's played, uh, nobody has stepped on it or anything like that to kind of re-aggravate it or, or push it in back in the negative direction. So, I mean, that's probably how you do it. And this week, uh, it, you know, to the point where he actually yesterday went out and practiced. He hasn't, he hasn't practiced on a Wednesday. I mean, if the toe is really bothering him in a week where you don't need to practice. Yeah, true. You know, why would you be practicing? I mean, he's proven, you know, and I think the other amazing thing about Rodgers, uh, and, and I'll kind of going off track here, but is the fact that he didn't, pra- he didn't practice for five weeks and he continued to put up unbelievable numbers with high efficiency over that period of time. It's like he didn't skip a beat. And most coaches and most players will tell you that if they can't practice some during the week, that um, it's not like they can't play on Sunday, but their efficiency, uh, you know, it, it might be a factor in, in how well they play. Rogers hasn't skipped a beat. You would never know Rogers did or didn't practice. So um, I don't know, you know, again, he, Rogers doing what he did with the vaccination thing early in, in early in the season uh, tells me one thing. Um, I, I can't believe everything he says. I don't trust him. Okay. So if he says it's going to be at a hundred percent, he could be just delivering that message out, out to the opponents and, you know, or maybe it is. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I can't trust what Aaron Rodgers says based on the fact that he uh, tried to pull one over on everybody. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Bill, how long have you been covering the Packers? Oh, that's a good question. I've been, uh, um, well, 1990 is, is when I moved to Green Bay. So that's when I, uh, that's when I started covering the Packers. Pre-Farve. You were pre-Farve. Yes. Yeah, I was. Wow. How did you get, how did you move to Green? Like, what was the, how did you get to Green Bay? Well, I, I started my... Yeah, I started my broadcast career in 1983, um, and I worked in Wapaka, which was uh, about 20 miles away from my little hometown of Wild Rose, uh, central part of the state. And, uh, and in, in Wapaka, I, I, did, um, I was doing more news at the time than I was sports because it was a station that didn't have a full-time sports director. 
you know, so you, you did news and then sports was an add on did games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, then I decided that I, I really wanted to, um, do certain things before I took the next step, um, you know, moving to a, to a larger market. And so I, I did everything that I felt I needed to do. Um, and so in 1989, I started, uh, you know, started shipping tapes and resumes out and all that kind of stuff. 1990s when I, uh, when I landed in green Bay and, and I've been covering the team ever since. So there were, uh, even at that time, there were some lean years, not, not as lean as the real lean years, but you know, there were some, there were some not real good teams there. So I, I, and of course, as a fan growing up in the state, I mean, I, I went through that bad football era. Um, they were, they were a laughing stock for quite a while uh, to the point where even though there was a, waiting list of season ticket holders on Sundays, sometimes there'd be 45,000 people that would show up for a game. Um, it was not a, not a pretty sight for a while there. I went through the, you know, the Lindy and Fonte era who, 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 and Lindy was a, was really a great guy, but, um, you know, he didn't do a, didn't, didn't do what he, what he had hoped to do. And of course, um, it's a lot easier for, for those coaches that land guys like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You know, they, when we talk, we haven't even talked about coach of the year and, right. and Lafleur might, uh, uh, you know, certainly it should be a leading candidate for that. But, uh, and some people will say, well, you can't play the what if game. What if he didn't have Aaron Rodgers? What kind of coach would he be like? Well, I, I, I guess I don't know that certainly would he be 13 and four without Aaron Rodgers? No, he wouldn't be. But, um, I, I think he's done some pretty remarkable things as the Packers head coach. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up Matt LaFleur. I wanted to get to Matt LaFleur because I think I was thinking about this this morning is okay. So Aaron Rodgers is a big piece of the puzzle to have. If you're an NFL coach, right? The MVP quarterback, possibly two time back-to-back MVP quarterback. Like that's a big deal to have that helps you win a lot of games and that cannot be overlooked. But what also I think can't be overlooked with Matt LaFleur is the way that he's had to navigate the ship this season, right? With the rocky start that we talked about with Rodgers and leaving his teammates and then to bring Rodgers back and to make everything cohesive and not only to do all that, but then to win 13 games again, it doesn't matter if you have the MVP or not, like just to win 13 games with an MVP is, is tough. It's a hard thing to do. So I, I do give a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur. And I think he is right up there for coach of the year consideration and should be and I, among the many. I mean, I think he has some basic principles with all of his players and as a coach and his coaches and, and, and there's no excuses and there's a lot of hard work and there's, you know, repetition and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think one of his biggest accomplishments has been working with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, and, and, yes, and, yes. Be, and being able to make that work and, and keeping Rogers happy and, and yet uh, maintaining some sort of a firm grip on not letting the guy walk all over you in, in an attempt to, to, to play a season. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's figured out what's important for the team, um, how to incorporate Rogers and his message in that, how to allow Rogers to, to, because Roger, let's face it, Roger is a smart guy, and and he knows the the game. He knows defenses, uh, and and he's allowed Rogers to be a part of every week's preparation. Uh, that you know they go through how that you know the the plays that they're going to use from week to week, and and Rogers is a part of that. And 
And he can tell the coach, hey, I don't like that play or I'm not comfortable with that play. Don't think it's going to work. Um, and, and so they'll throw it out. I mean, there's all and, and he's he's allowed that relationship to uh, continue to grow. And and, and basically it's uh, it's led to a 13 and four record and uh, three straight 13 win seasons. And uh, there, there's just a, it, it's unbelievable the the attitude that he has on a weekly basis given the injuries that they have had to incur and, and, and Rogers himself. And I mean, you got to manage people and, and he's a great people manager. Mm-hmm. So who was your, uh, I was going to ask you who, so you grew up in, in central Wisconsin and was a Packers fan. You said, did you have a favorite athlete growing up and what attracted you obviously being in Wisconsin attracted you to the green Bay Packers, I guess. Right. Well, I, I don't, um, I don't know that it was my goal to necessarily, um, follow or cover the green Bay Packers. It was more, I I'm, I I'm probably a bigger Badger fan than I am a Packers fan. Maybe because up here in green Bay, you don't directly cover the Badgers quite as much as, as you do the team that's right in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just a, a, a sports in general. I, I was, uh, probably what, got me into broadcasting uh, was I have a, and this is a dying, I radio is a, is a dying dinosaur. Um, It, I don't know why it, you know, it's just because of, you know, all of the other social media aspects and things, but it's still a very important, I think a very important part of people's lives. You get in the car, you, you know, you, you listen to the radio. Mm -hmm. Some people don't, but um, I still do. I enjoy listening to sports talk shows and, and things like that. But I got in, into the business and my love of sports um, had everything or as much to do with playing sports and wanting to follow sports as it did those people that announced the games. Um, and I grew up in the, uh, you know, I, as a Bucks fan, for example, listening to Eddie Doucette, mm-hmm. you know, he was, uh, he, he was just unbelievable um, at, at, at Bucks basketball, uh, you know, Jim Irwin and Max McGee and, and Packers and, and, and Badgers, and then Matt LaPay. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there, there are people out there that, uh, that I really followed from a broadcast standpoint that I really enjoyed. And, and, and I was interested became interested in, in sports radio more so because of them than it was really any, any particular athlete. Now, it, you know, favorite athletes, you know, you could probably uh, pick them in different sports. Um, you know, when I, uh, when, when I followed the Packers, I mean, I was a big Lynn Dickey fan. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so he was one of my favorites, uh, you know, to start with, uh, in, in that, uh, has grown different players and, and things like that. I was a huge, huge Marcus Johnson fan, you know, still am. I mean, just, I love the guy, but I was a huge Marcus Johnson fan and, uh, Baseball, I was a huge Ryan Sandberg fan. Yeah. All you know, right. I'm, I'm kind of a Cubs fan as well as a Brewers fan. I'm kind of a 50-50 mix. Um, and th- that might be a cop-out for those those listening. You know, I, I, but I, I truly, uh, I, I, I was a Cubs fan first because my dad was a Cubs fan. He, uh, he, he grew up in the Chicago area, worked in the Chicago area, went to a lot of games. So I kind of by, uh, you know, I, I kind of just moved into uh, – cub fame um based on the fact that he was there and and so i he'd listen to every game on the radio and you know i'd ask him how they did when i was a little kid and as i 
got older, I'd sit and listen with him and, and things like that. But uh, Ryan Sandberg is my favorite all-time wow. baseball player. So that's interesting. You know, like when, when I was growing up, I was big into the Minnesota twins. Obviously I, I grew up right in the perfect time for twins baseball, 87 yeah. and 91. And so I was a big Kirby Puckett guy, big Kent Herbeck guy. But what I think is also kind of funny sometimes as we're growing up and why we choose certain teams or players. And I was a huge Ryan Sandberg guy. And it's simply because somewhere along the line, Bill, I just got a bunch of his baseball cards. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I have a bunch of this guy and he's really good. And so that just led to this thing where you're like obsessed with a certain player. And what's the reason? Because you had a lot of his baseball cards. And that's <laughs> kind of my strange reason why I was a big Ryan Sandberg guy growing up. I have hundreds of cards of Ryan Sandberg. Um, but I was a big, you know, Kirby Puckett guy. And yeah, uh, Kirby Puckett was probably the, the best. I didn't have NBA basketball until like 1989. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. a little bit older. So were then. you... Uh... Do you have the mint condition cards or oh. do you just have a bunch of them thrown in the box? And I, so was, I was, I was the old box guy. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't have the book where I kept them in mint condition. I just, I, I collected them, but um, I was always, I always had them out of the box and was going through them and reading stats and things like that. But I, I didn't at the time, I mean, I, I think the, the mint condition aspect, the keeping them, keeping them on a book and in inside, you know, the, the plastic covers and all that kind of stuff. I don't, there weren't a lot of people in my, Mm-mm. you know, growing up that did that. And so nope. I naturally didn't do it either. Nope. Nope. I, and I, I totally understand that. And that's like, it, it's almost, it seems uh, some of the vintage I did, by the way, I, like I was like the best kid to keep my cards in the best condition possibly they could be in, you'd get them from the pack. I might look at them a couple of times, but then they go into a holder or something like that. Um, but that's interesting because that's it, when you were for some of those vintage cards, that's what you did as a kid. You looked at them, you played with them, you handled them. It, no one, no one thought about, Oh, put that in plastic and in a little hard case because it might be worth $10,000 in 30 years or something like that. You put them on your bike, right? You you made a cool noise. Um, It's so surprising when you find a mint card from back then, it's probably because somebody got into cards and then got out of cards and put them in a box and never touched them again. Yeah, I did that more with the playing cards, though, and that uh, used to bug okay. my mom and dad because then every time they're looking for a deck of cards to, to play with, uh, you know, they're they're uh, close pinned to my uh, bike spokes. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. It made a great noise, didn't it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you knew when I was coming, so you didn't have <laughs> yeah, to see. You didn't have to see me first. You knew I was right around the corner. So, <laughs> oh, Bill's coming. I can hear the bike. Uh, Bill Scott, this was fun to catch up. I, I didn't even you know scratch the surface. I wanted to get into like. The, you know, um, football Friday night when I did it for that one season oh, yeah. with you and stuff like that. But maybe we can do, save that, uh, that reminiscing for another time. I, I really appreciate your perspective on the Green Bay Packers. Congratulations on the 60 pounds. That is no small feat. That is awesome. Uh, it's super cool. Uh, and if there's any way I can help you out, I don't know what that would be. Let me know. But uh, Bill, thank you so much for the time. All right. We'll do it again. It's Bill Scott, Wisconsin Radio Network, covers the Green Bay Packers. I worked with Bill, like I mentioned there, uh, for one season of Football Friday Night, Wisconsin Radio Network. Um, Fun times. Thank you to Bill Scott. A reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Ian's Pizza. And Ian's Pizza and the JohnCast podcast has something cooking up for March Madness. So stay tuned for future episodes and what we're going to do with Ian's Pizza and March Madness. Plus, I'm starting a website of a store where you can shop to buy cool stuff. It's a very it's in its infancy stages right now. 
If you want to check out johncastpodcast.com, very limited items right now. The main thing I want to do with this is I've partnered with Scani Brand T-shirts in Madison, and we're going to create some T-shirts, some exclusive Johncast Podcast T-shirts that you can purchase on johncastpodcast.com. Um, but in the meantime, if you do want to go check it out, we do have a couple of the Scani Classics, the uh, I Still Own You T-shirt that you can go purchase right there. I've got the link to go right to Scani to purchase that. Uh, classic Scani Red. If you want uh, that Scani look, there's great t-shirts there. I'm selling sports cars. I'm going to sell vintage t-shirts. I'm going to sell whatever I think is cool that I think you would enjoy as well. So check it out. But thanks again to Bill Scott. More podcasts coming up. Thanks for listening to the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.